The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Rascal Toscobble, half-elf rogue. And nothing will stop me from killing Chad. It's just not in hard meat. I'm a high up wizard. And I'm invincible. This is Sir Colvick Dykesy. Half orc cleric. And I like my lasagna baked. Where did we see on the very good adventuring team, guy? Because, I mean, right now we kind of have the upper hand, and I feel like I pretty cockily know this as a youngster. And you see a terrifying visage of a shell of a person, a long, long, long dead human form with fire burning in the eye sockets, no flesh, no tongue, no anything else. And then it snaps back into the charming and, uh, dare I say, beautiful image that he's been presenting. And he says, I don't really have a dick anymore. Chad, why do you care about the people of Peripheral? Do you have any idea how utterly fucked the people on this side of the world are? What did Starfish do to deserve anything from you? I suppose nothing but existed and was vulnerable. I feel like his beard is like freshly trimmed too. It's like two with a perfect wizard beard mm-hmm. like shape. It's so plenty. You, yeah, you can it, cut yourself on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go dreadfully quiet and kind of look away and quiet the rest of until he's gone. Whenever that is. Before Mitch goes, I just want to be like, hey, we're going to be here for a week. Stop by for dinner sometime. <laughs> we don't have many friends here. Colvick, do you want to live in this house? No. No? No. No? No. Like, just start screaming. At me. No! Just kind of, like, screaming it back at you almost. Just is this really- all you eat? I feel like this is all you're eating is raisins. You must have, like, the worst shits ever. The Letterman's jacket. <laughs> oh, man, the Letterman <laughs> yeah. jacket would be amazing. It has my own letter, just M on it. <laughs> <laughs> If you get high. And it's just a bunch of patches of things you've done. Kill the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> One at Pogs. I lettered in Pogs. There's <laughs> a Pog with like five bars underneath it. Years without pooping. It has just a bunch of scratch marks on nice. it. <laughs> That's a whole sleeve at this point. Would you get, Kulvik, you got a cloak? Yes, I would get a acid-resistant cloak. So what degree would this be resistant to? Resistance in D&D is always 50%. 50%. So I would say it's not full acid proof. It would be acid resistant, correct? Okay. And it's not going to give you a bonus to uh, your AC or anything? Nope. Just half of an acid if it happens. 
I'm gonna have to like come up with a a great acid splashing scene where somebody like mad scientist is like and tries to splash acid at you and you're like flip your cloak up to I don't know, maybe save maybe save uh starfish from getting acid on him, like 'cause it'd be some asshole trying to spray the wolf with Oh it. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can find a, a dramatic place to make use of it. <laughs> I'll get you now, damsel. Yeah, I haven't had enough good, like, old-timey 800s railroad baron villains. All these dragon parts that we have, what kind of... Were, were these from the black dragons that we killed on the road? I thought they were black dragons. Mm, you guys had a black dragon that you fought? I really can't remember all the dragons you fought at this point. Because I feel like dude, that's why you had the black dragon and the original anus dragon. Anus belt dragon. That's the only two. But that's why I was just thinking, isn't a black dragon's an acid dragon, right? I believe so. Let me I look think that up again, because now that you're saying it, it's making me question it. Yes, we had the black... Yeah, and then he spit acid all the time, and I thought that was the... Uh, yeah, and so I think that's it. where you got your acid resistance from. Yeah, from his wings. Adult black dragon. After hours dragon. I'm going to make a, a sleepy time dragon for you guys, and it'll be after hours dragon. Adult black dragon. You're kind of uncomfortable. Yes, acid breath is the attribute, or attribute, depending on how you're saying it, and if you're crazy or not, of a black dragon. So that is where the acid resistance comes from. And that is why this relatively mundane item, magical item, is only going to cost a little bit of money. Because it is imbued in the material. What about, like... Is there anything you could make out of a dragon, like a ring or an amulet or something like that? You're more of an accessory. You could do that and make use of like the strength of the material, but it wouldn't give you any magic. Specifically, prop. yeah, you'd have to like make a magic item out of it after. Like I'm giving Kolvik the acid resistance because he's doing it with a garment that like covers him or large parts of him. A ring wouldn't really do that. But um, could we? In- you mentioned something at one time, like, to enchant things. So I could get it made and maybe figure out a way to enchant it later. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And this city would have enchanting services available. It'd be a little spendy, but you can definitely get things made here. Or you could... I think... Well, you're a wizard, right? You'd be able to figure out how to enchant things on your own. Okay. I guess. Well... It takes, like... It takes downtime... And I think it's like you can, you're essentially working on crafting something and it costs like 25 gold a day and then whatever levels work up from there. Well, maybe I'll try to shoot for a ring. I haven't given you guys any magical rings. That is like a staple of D&D and role-playing games. You've had the one that you can like keep a spell in, but that's yep. about it, huh? That I purchased. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. But, uh, so yeah, I'd want to make a... I'm thinking of a ring out of the dragon teeth, and I want it to look like uh, pretty gnarly, like with a bunch of like dragon teeth and stuff sticking out of it, like going mm. around the radius. Something pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to do like a two finger ring? Oh, almost like a, almost like a brass knuckles kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know if you're doing this for punchy punchy, but not really. But uh, sure. Okay. I'm sure I've got enough dragon teeth to do that, so... Well, dragon teeth would be fairly large. You could make, like, a single ring out of a single, like, slice of a dragon tooth. They're not, like, 
Because you, you'd have to do, like, if you wanted a bunch of teeth poking out of a ring, you'd have to do, like, cat teeth or something like that. Like, really small. Great. I think that's what I'm looking for. Something like that. Okay. We can carve a dragon tooth into a cat tooth ring. <laughs> it looks like cat teeth, but it's actually one dragon tooth. It'd be such a fucking hipster thing. So, there's this carver. You probably haven't heard of him, but he lives in Periprio. Do you know Periprio? <laughs> um, so, anyway, so I was in Periprio hanging out with some people that are very influential right now. Some big influencers. <laughs> they have a lot of followers. So what did you decide on? I just... I just said it. I just said it. It was a ring. The cat tooth, dragon tooth yeah. ring. Are <laughs> 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 we still debating? That's okay. It's uh. It does sound like you're debating. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play. So, all right. So you drop off that dragon tooth at a local artisan. Uh, it'll take him a couple days to carve it, and then we can work on the enchantment at some future point. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna say that that's. Let's just call that like. 15 gold for doing that carving. That's pretty reasonable. I would say so. I mean, it's not getting you any cool properties yet, so <laughs> you're just it's making cool materials. I should get 10 of these rings made. <laughs> <laughs> you should get 11 of them made. Ooh. Ooh. And a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> One butt plug. <laughs> Alright, this is what I want. Um... It's kind of uh, elongated. <laughs> and like it has here, a, but not really a sharp and more uh, kind of bulbous. Convenient handle at the top for um, that pulling or pushing this um, bit of a flange. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a bishop on a chessboard? <laughs> it's like that, but for putting it in your butt. I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> not for my butt. For my cat's butt. My dog's butt. No, nobody's butt. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to do during your week of hanging a boot? <clears throat> yeah. I had asked, uh, you know, Mitch a while back if I could uh, have a little one-on-one -on -one time with Chad. Oh. And um, I don't know if that's a possibility, but that was something I was maybe... See if I can make happen in this week's worth of time. I th like a terrible idea. I think if there's time for one on one time, that didn't, I would, none of my sentence was going to make sense there. <laughs> I think that Chad can make time for a one on one with you over the course of a week. Um, so before we get to that, because that's just going to be like one on one monologue time, is there anything that either of the two of you, Colvick or Roscoe, would like to do before you start browsing the internet for hilarious memes? Well, <laughs> I figure that um, Hyaya and uh, Exude can't come into this area. Is that correct? That is correct. So there's no temples or anything like that around here, is there? Nada. Nada. Oh, Nobody's man. watching us? No gods? Nothing? I feel like I got kind of a buildup going on almost. Because <laughs> I can't, you better can't take... pray to uh, Hiaya. I can't let out this old... Uh, Get a, a blockage. You just can't... I can't... How do I release this energy? Uh, right. Kind of thing. You just need to release it. Yeah. And so I feel like... Jesus um, Christ. I think I'm going to go around the town and try to do find good deeds to do. I'm going to see if anybody needs healing. I'm going to go around kind of just trying to do good deeds. Okay. Kind of do my healing duties because I can't really 
tell Exude can't release it in my I other just, ways normally. Like you're, so. you're like a creepy Joe Biden, like going around like the the town or something. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I can do for you? Like people here are probably doing all right. They're like, no, I'm okay. I'm like, you sure? All right. All right. Release all right. that tension. Hang out. on, so, I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah. So for about a week, I'm gonna be a creepy healer, dude. See if uh. Somebody spraying their ankle, go around, see what happens. Okay, okay. Get a foot thing. Yep. Going on, huh? Um. Why don't you? Why don't you give me three rolls of your D twenty? Just straight up rolls. I'm excited for this. I don't even know what they are. Yeah. All right. Roll some dice. First one's a sixteen. Okay. Second one is a nineteen. Okay. These are good, maybe. Yeah. Third one is a. Okay, and we'll find out how those turned out at the end of the week. <laughs> Roscoe, what are you doing with your week? Well, since there's gods that can't come in here, observe us in this area. I might just take a little time to worship the one true god, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it seems to be a recurring theme. Masturbating? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I Well, you know, worshiping the one true god, as it were. Oh. I mean, there's also... Other organic things with holes in the city, so... Yeah, but sometimes, self-care is the best care. <laughs> As a f- famous dishwashing buddy of mine long, long ago once said, nobody does me like me. <laughs> <laughs> I give the best hand job <laughs> to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, so this is just a week of you in your room? <sighs> go away, Baton. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to go out and fuck around and, like, be thieving and wanting to piss off a lich because he's got like a pretty tight ship he's running here. Yeah, you don't want to jeopardize your permi- uh, position. Permission. All right. I can see that. Oh, yeah. I'll just hang out. Something comes up, it comes up. Giggity. Melvin, you have, let's say, three days to wait before Chad's got some time in his schedule because also remember. You guys are building your way up towards uh, the ritual that will create a new phylactery for him. You guys have been gathering some of those components, but there's been a lot of other things he's had to do for this. So he is really busy, but he does make time for you to to, um, have this casual one-on-one conversation with him. And you uh, you guys meet up. Let's say you meet out in that little patio area that you had previously been chatting on over at your fancy potentially your fancy estate, I guess I should say. Haven't really committed to that yet, but he strolls up and takes a seat with you and says, Melvin, hey, uh, heard you wanted to have a conversation. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, Chad, this is um, maybe a little weird for me to ask, but, um, you know, I've been around for 220, 230 years or so and uh, seen a lot of things. And uh, really got into the wizarding field just because of my curiosity. And I find myself being very curious about what it took to be a lich and what a lich is all about. And honestly, I don't know much about it, but I find it very intriguing. He, uh, He gives you like a knowing nod. He said, you know, I was kind of expecting this conversation. It's... Honestly, what draws a lot of the people that are here, here, is just to be a step closer to it. Well, at a minimum, what I'll tell you is this. I can't really give away those secrets, especially not now. Um, We're about to embark on a very, 
well, let's just say dangerous procedure for me, and having more people have more intimate knowledge of what's going to go into that, well, it, I've got to play my cards a little closer to the chest than that. But I would say that with the work that you have done, you and your friends have done for me, you've, you've definitely earned a position, maybe not necessarily of trust, but of favor with me. I think when we get through with all of these things, if you're still interested, if you're really looking forward to it, I can't give you those secrets because they're not necessarily mine to give, but I can show you the path towards them. Sort of like I can introduce you to a friend of a friend sort of thing. Okay. Well, that seems reasonable and fair. And uh, is there anything you would recommend that I look into in the meantime? Hmm. Lich stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lich section at the local library. Now, uh, what would he recommend? Because he does... He, uh, well, I know a bartender not too far away. He knows <laughs> all about <laughs> Scholarly expert. Uh, why don't you give me... Just give me a straight-up D20 roll here, because this is sort of charisma, but it's also sort of luck to just see what's available. Two. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, what he says is... Um, What's he going to give you on a two? I had kind of planned for, like, other dice rolls, but not that low. Uh, He says, I tell you what, I'll send you over some books. And there's some of the books that I read when I was early on in my research on this campaign. And, yeah, we'll see what you make of them. Oh, good. Well, that'll, you know, hopefully uh, go well with the other books that we found, you know, on the topic. So, well, thank you, Chad. He, uh, well, oh, shit. Is he going to bite on that? Yeah, he bites. He says other books about about lechery. What do you What do you mean? Um. Well, we we ran into this um, you know interesting lady on our road here, and uh, well, she was more than happy to give us a a book that uh, that uh, looked pretty interesting. But um, you know, <laughs> you know, for someone as old and uh, you know as wise as you are, I I'm, I'm I'm well, you know, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't be interested in it. But um, but thank you all the same. Uh, why don't you give me... Well, what are you What are you trying to do here? Are you just trying to go to him, or do you genuinely want him to be curious about this? I don't know. I think I'm just uh, seeing if it gets any reaction, whatever, to see if... I'm, I'm trying to see if there's value in this book and if it's important to him or not. You're just trying to fuck with him? <laughs> I, no, not, I wouldn't say I'm trying to fuck with him, but I'm... He, As he said, he does play things close to the chess, so I'm actually just trying to figure out, like, is this book important to him or not okay so i guess you could say i'm fucking with him but i'm i am trying to get information here but mostly i'm just trying to see if there's we haven't gotten a reaction from him for fucking anything so uh you know i'm just trying to see if there's uh any reaction to this okay uh so he's you can tell that he's curious you know he's uh his voice doesn't really change. His demeanor overall doesn't really change. Uh, aside from you can see that like he's leaning a little more forward in his chair. You know, you can tell that there is a a measured but an active interest in what you're saying. And he says, "So, a woman that you met on the way here. Did, did what do you mean by on the way here? Well, it was a long road uh, to get here. We faced many trials and tribulations, and." Uh... We met a lot of people on the way. Met some dragons, met some some orcs. Uh, you know, there were some scary dead bodies and whatnot. Sometimes we ran across mysterious people who gave us things or were running away from things. Um, 
He says, so you're not speaking metaphorically like song lyrics here. You met somebody on the road here. Yeah. Uh, old woman, did did you catch her name? Mm, no, not that I recall. It was a very brief interaction. Do you have this book with you? Oh, no. <laughs> it's, uh... Well, I'm not really sure where we put it. Um, could be... Uh, I'd have to ask maybe at Colvick or Roscoe and see where we put that. It definitely was uncomfortable to touch. It was uh, covered in... What I, I don't know what they were. Felt uh, kind of, <laughs> kind of wiggly to my fingers. And <laughs> a, little, a little bit soft, unnaturally soft. I felt like I felt it before, but um, you're sort of edging your way around this topic. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you give me a deception roll? Wait, is deception a th- fucking thing? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry, I get get mixed up in old editions in my head sometimes. So that would be a 16. All right. So Chad accepts your answer that you don't know where the book is right now. Uh, But you've definitely definitely gotten his interest by talking about it. And he asks you a few more questions about the book and what it's it's made of, rather, and uh, definitely doesn't say anything about foreskins because that's not what the book's made of. (laughs) <laughs> it is a hundred percent for certain that it's not made of foreskins. Is that what and, he says? Um, I, I don't think that he would go so far as to describe it as not made of foreskins, but I think he would say it's bound in skin or bound in flesh or leather. Well, here, uh, me and uh, Roscoe don't know that. We still think it's foreskins. Mm-hmm. Are we with? No, no. This is just the one. This one-on-one. is a solo conversation. This is a solo. Effort, like your solo efforts, he's doing one, <laughs> but with Chad. So it's more of a dual effort, I guess. You guys are all just working things out on your own, uh-huh. each of you individually. Touching others, he's touching Chad, you're touching yourself. We're all doing good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what Chad goes on to do is is essentially describe, you know, like he's, he's kind of like, you guys are like uh, verbally fencing here back and forth of like, is it like this? Well, no, it's like that. Is it like this? Oh, it's kind of like that. You get the idea after all of this conversation that Chad is describing the book that you have. And so what you're going to take from that and observe, I probably should have made you a roll insight or something, but you can tell that he knows the book that you're talking about and you can tell that he's like, oh, my book, you have it. Like, he's not leading into that because I, well, actually, let's do some insight. Let's see how how deep you uh, can run with these emotions. Floor dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it a, 20. a 20. 20. Of course it was a 20. On the I know. Thing. Fucking dice. You're a fucking five. That's an 11. Jesus, you have six to insight? Wow. Wow. I think an 11 for insight is enough to see that Chad is interested and that you are talking about the same book, but you can't tell exactly why he's interested. You know, or if this has like material value to him or anything, which is what I understand you're trying to like poke for here. So he's curious about it. He wants to know, but you don't know why. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, thank you for your time, Chad. And uh, I appreciate any anything you can send my way. So yeah, I'll go home and uh, take a look through the library tonight. I know there's some, well, I'm a lich, right? So obviously the path that led me there could lead you there as well. So... Hopefully I can be of help. And he gives you a little finger guns and I... Hey. Oh, I do the finger guns back. Hey. 
It's like the universal wizarding symbol of I could have made you shit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Roll for Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> Settle down, big shooter. And with that, Chad takes his leave of you and goes on to his his other business. And sure enough, by the time morning rolls around, uh, a small package arrives, and it's a uh, it's a stack of like say three books of like arcane arts and interesting things about the planes and the soul. And uh, there's so let's say what would we have here? There would be a book about the planes. There would be a book about uh, life force and soul and things like that. Uh, and then there would be a book about, um, I still haven't really fully decided what like hell and whatnot like is for this world, but let's say the, let's just go with the nine hells like, uh, is common in D and D. So I get what life and soul has to do with it, but what, what do planes have to do? Do I think, uh, with being a lich? I don't know. You haven't read the book yet. Oh, okay. Okay. I read the book. (laughs) 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 Roll to see if you get it. Uh, So what I will describe to you is is pieces of lichery, or at least as I envision it for this world. And I I know other people probably have different thoughts on it, but... um, And Chad has described some of this stuff to you in the past, too. So, like, there's sort of, like... The, the material plane is what you live on, right? It's, it's the firmament, the, you know, the earth, the land, and space, and all the physical material in the world. That's one like, plane of existence. You guys are actually on your way, soon enough, to visit another plane of existence, which is the fire plane. Um, I think we've talked about that already, but if not, we'll hear about it again soon. But there's all these different planes of existence of elemental planes and planes where just different kinds of shit exist and some of them are similar to the material planes some of them are different some are the planes where other godlike angel-like or demon-like beings would reside and the impression that you're getting is that there's sort of like a common thread to a lot of that which is the the fountain that would be life force in a way um and that each of the things that is alive and has a consciousness or a soul exists on whatever plane they're on, perhaps even multiple planes, but they're all stemming from this sort of common fountain of life and energy and whatever else that that would make up what we would call a soul. And there's a thread that is drawn between that pool and where you are, where your physical body is, wherever it may be on these planes. And the conclusion that you're going to... I think reasonably obviously draw from this reading and whatnot that you've had is that the art of literary is sort of taking that thread and stitching it through something other than just the body that you're born in. And that's where all of these things become relevant. Hmm. Super deep, man. Do I feel like enlightened? Like I'm like, (gasps) I think you would. I think you would. I think you're like a 13 year old kid reading his first, stuff about the jfk assassination you're like (laughs) i fucking know shit that other people don't know at all whoa cool so you're starting to get an idea of what it would 
like the thing that it takes to become a lich. You just don't know how. Like it's like what you're reading so far is like, oh, all you got to do is pick yourself up by your feet. <laughs> Pull yourself up by bootstraps. Just, you know, like literally just reach down, grab your feet and pick yourself up. <laughs> like what it's what seems to be implied is this impossible task, but you're starting to get an idea of what the task is. Greetings and salutations, VGAT fans. Thanks for coming back. Are you playing the shit out of that new Harry Potter mobile game? I must admit, it looks mighty tempting. I'm holding off because between good weather and editing, I don't have a moment of spare time for it, but I am told by reliable sources that it's damned entertaining. I'd like to take a moment to thank our friends in the UK, Australia, Canada, and Germany. As an English-speaking podcast based in the U.S., it's very understandable that the U.S. is where the majority of our listens are. But those four countries show up pretty consistently in the top download graph, and I just wanted to say thanks, even if I can't thank all of you specifically by name. You know, I can thank Mr. Seistrup by name, and uh, thanks very much for keeping Denmark on the map, my friend. Anyway, to all of you, I hope we are just as much of a guilty pleasure abroad as we are here. Oh, and uh, I'd also like to thank that one person who downloaded one episode in Bangkok. It made me feel truly international for a moment. One quick update on the podcast in general. My original hope was to have a two-year campaign where we had sort of an accelerated push to level 20. With all the recap episodes, that would have put us somewhere between 105 and 110 episodes by the time it all was all said and done. We're squeezing our way towards that final goal, but as I'm looking at content and levels, even with stepping up the pace as much as we have been recently, it's still probably going to go a little longer than that. Like, we're not going to drag it out forever or anything, but it's probably not going to wrap up exactly at the two-year point. I mean, it might. I just don't think it will land quite that exact. I hope you're all enjoying what we're doing enough to keep running with us, though. And by the way, we've talked about it quite a bit recently, and the four of us are pretty confident that we're going to start right in on the next campaign once this one is done. And we're going to keep publishing it as a podcast for your enjoyment and or embarrassment. The plan right now is to keep running in the same world, probably some years in the future, but we're going to start with all new characters. As much as it will be a shame to put Kolvik, Melvin, and Roscoe behind us, we will hopefully be able to create all new characters for you to get to know, and, well, potentially even like. We can hope, anyway. As always, we are super grateful to all of our listeners, reviewers, and patrons. You are, each and every one of you, fantastic. Well, folks, I can always ramble on longer, but let's get back into the story. Your week rolls out. Roscoe's probably... Well, you know, that, that weird borderline between very relaxed but also exhausted. Kolvik, I would imagine, kind of feels a similar sensation because, like, I mean, you haven't, like, you haven't achieved, like, full worship release this week, um, but you've probably gotten pretty close. And, and you've, you've actually not only genuinely helped a lot of people, um, but you've, uh, you've probably made a handful of friends around town. Like, people... People have uh, caught word of you and your deeds and your actions, and they're like, wow, hey, there's this like super nice guy that just goes around healing people for no damn good reason. Doesn't even ask for money. 
guy's fucking great. Um, Very nice. Yeah, and you're. I'm, I'm just going to tell you because this was the hilarious thing that was going to happen. I wanted two successes out of your three rolls. If you would have rolled three successes, you would have been so popular, people would have been like banging down your door. So you healed just enough people to get a positive relationship going. And uh, you healed just enough people to like kind of sate the, the urges that you've got going on. But not so much that people are like, this so dude's the second fucking coming. Here's, well, here's the thing about it. I feel that even though I was doing these good deeds, I was also telling about Haya. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though the area, I know the area she can't come in, but that's the only reason why I can do my magics. My, my works. Mm-hmm. And so I can still do divination without Haya, huh? So, so this has been a thing that's been in the back of my head for a little while now, and I've been waiting for it to come up. So your connection, well, actually, let me reference a thing that Chad said at one point a little yeah. while back. Chad said, Kolvik, you are a very effective conduit for power. And I'm just going to say that you can intuit at least a part of this over the week. So the gods themselves have a specific sort of energy or magic that they draw their power from. Right. and that power then gets channeled through their clerics, and that's how you can do the things that you do. That power is in some way largely barricaded from getting into Periprio and the area around here. You don't know how, Chad hasn't talked about it and volunteered or anything, and you haven't asked about it, but that's why like Haea and the rest of the gods and goddesses can't get into this area because they can't like teleport into it. And for all you know, they can't be here at all. Like, none of this has really been tested. But because of you and what you are as an effective cleric, an effective conduit for that power, you're still able to use all the powers that you have and somehow bypass this. All right. Okay. Yeah, I won't question that. Just, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Spreading the word of Hiaya. Saying thanks. And, uh, okay. Sounds good. Did I actually answer your question, or did. did I just dance around it there? Okay. No, no, no. You, no, you did get on that. Thank you. I've learned that's, like, one of the best things. Maybe I've been reading too much political stuff lately. It's just, like, you just start rambling, and eventually people forget what they asked. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, last call on, is there anything else you guys would like to do in the time that you have in Periprio, et cetera? My assumption is no, but I just wanted to throw it out there one last time. Negative. Good Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's fucking roll. Okay. Roll out. So a messenger had uh, had arrived earlier this morning to let you all know that Mitch was going to come by in the afternoon to get you going on the next stage of the plan. And show enough, right around early afternoon time, you guys have uh, finished a nice peaceful lunch and took care of whatever how you had to take care of. When Mitch comes a-knocking at your borrowed estate. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> you open the creaky door <laughs> it farts <laughs> you open the farty door um, so you guys uh, you you see Mitch there and he's like well are you guys ready to get started on the next phase of your uh, your uh, adventure here oh uh, before Lich finishes his sentence um, d- do I think Chad would be upset if I showed Mitch the books that Chad gave me or do I get the sense like these are actual secrets of any minor kind hmm hmm 
I don't know... Uh, so Mitch didn't really give you any indication of whether or not these books had to be kept secret. Oh, d d was Mitch the one who gave me the book? Jeez. Mitch was the one that dropped them off, but they were, like, bound. Uh, or not bound. You know, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of, like, old-timey kids that would have, like, the strap around the books. You know? So they were, like, closed and delivered to you closed and, like, not sealed. I mean, it wasn't, like, waxed or in a box or... They weren't wrapped with paper or anything? Yeah, it wasn't anything like that, so I guess you wouldn't know to keep these a secret from anybody. Like, you don't have any indication that you should. Um, I would say that you probably... I don't know. I mean, do you want to share these these secrets with other people? I can't really make that assessment for you, I guess. Um, yeah, because we don't know anything about what you talked to Chad about. I mean, we haven't inquired just because... Do we know he had this meeting, even? Because I was out Ooh. on the town... Uh, Were you trying to keep it a secret from, from the boys? Yeah, for the time being. Okay. All right, yeah, so you guys don't even know he met with him. Yeah, well, we just know Mitch knocked at the door. Uh, we opened, so... And so the, the previous time with Chad coming by for a visit, you guys don't even know he was there. Nope. Kolvik, do you have your cloak? Uh, I feel it's the end of the week, yes. I have my oh, yeah. cloak on. Yeah, Kolvik has his cloak, um, so we'll add that to your inventory, and you yes. guess acid resistance now as long as that cloak is on and Melvin yes you do have your your dragon tooth cat tooth ring um, so what I will say is that I'll find an opportunity like I'm looking for an opportunity to be able to whisper something to Mitch um, well let's just say you're the one that answers the door okay um, so I'll answer the door and I just want to say to Mitch quietly like hey by the way just uh don't mention the books to uh, to the fellows, okay? Okay. Uh, why don't you give me a persuasion roll? Crystal blue persuasion. Yeah. Low, 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 low. Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so right away, Mitch is like, books? What books are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, the books I dropped off the other day. Okay. Oh, the books. Books, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and it's not that you're like that you failed to persuade him. It's just that he fails to understand. Like you rolled low enough, he doesn't even know what the fuck you you mean at first. Uh, okay. So why don't you guys give me a perception roll? See where I'm at in the old house here. Uh, right. <laughs> perception. Perception. That's gonna be a nineteen. Roscoe. Uh four. So Roscoe's still occupied. <laughs> Uh, but Kolvik also heard the door knocking, and he's uh, he's like just coming into the room as as Mitch says this in an overly loud and a somewhat obnoxious voice. And then he and then he like kind of realizes what he's done, and he looks at Melvin, and he's like, "Oh, oh, yes, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, 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 oh yeah, okay." Jeez, there is so, a... Sounds like like a Gulf War over here. Like, <laughs> like, a, like a battle in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> Tracer rounds and scuttings. Yeah. Fucking reporter on the rooftop. You're hearing like artillery and small arms fire. Like, <laughs> There's been several hours of beverages consumed here. So yeah, I guess this is the natural result. Airstrikes are being called in. <laughs> Oh, a heavy fire. If you could see behind me, Colin, there's the city skyline. It's difficult to see at night, but you can see the tracer rounds going up. Anti-aircraft rounds. I don't know if we're safe. We're getting, we're getting a call that we're not safe. We're getting a call that we're... <laughs> <sighs>
Anywho. Right. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll walk in the room, and um, I think I'll try to be inconspicuous like I didn't hear anything, just because books? I don't know anything about books, but it's, I mean, it's not really going to bring my attention. I mean, Mitch could be doing a whole lot of things. I'm not, I'm not Melvin's keeper. Word. Right. So I'll just, like, sigh and be like, hey, come on in, Mitch. Uh, so he tells you that, uh, well, he sees you, and then he sees Kolvik, like, entering the room and it's like oh 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 hello mr darkseed yes uh is is roscoe uh is he is he uh available what can i do for you match oh 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 you're uh you're 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 here let's uh well if you're all if, are you all ready for some adventuring yeah i'm a little dehydrated after the week i've had but i was mitch are you coming with us this time oh goodness no this is a much more dangerous uh adventure this time i i wouldn't even dare are you sure? Twice the danger, twice the fun. <laughs> oh, no, you are all very generous, but I would certainly die. <laughs> Even that's going to be worse than a big, huge dragon? Uh, don't worry about it. it. It'll be fine. It's you, you're all very competent adventurers. Besides, there's only three amulets, and, and we'll, well, we'll come to that. We're better than competent, you might say. We're very good. Oh, yeah. That's our name. That's us. I said the thing. We're called the very good adventuring team. I feel like we should have had like a like a ten or twenty second theme, like you know, a thing that you could have done in where we would have made that joke. Like you might say, "Dun dun, we're very good," and it would have let in. Put on sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so Mitch is like, "Well, all right, if everyone's ready to go, let's uh, let's let's get going." Um, what's going to happen, by the way, is that he's going to lead you up to the castle, Mitch's, or rather Chad's castle again. So if you guys have your equipment with you, which I assume you do, you guys go on the walk. And on the walk, Chad is explaining to you several pieces of the adventure that may be key factors. Chad or Mitch? God damn it. No, Mitch is the one that's here now leading you up. I've been saying Chad. You just said Chad. Just yeah. Chad. I'm sorry. It's been a long day of lots of tangents and a lot of drinking, so... One quick question: Do we still have the, we have the fire potions still that we did not use from the last? Yes, we do. Uh, adventure. Mm -hmm. Okay, just checking. All right, Please you continue. do in fact have those. So as you guys are walking up to Chad's uh, castle and estate, up at the top of the hill here, he goes on to explain that what you are about to do is you are going to enter the fire plane, the elemental plane of fire. Chad has crafted for the three of you three amulets. Uh, for those of you who are fans of Dungeons & Dragons out there, they are amulets of comfort. What these amulets allow you to do is to exist in a place that is outside of your zone of comfort, temperature-wise, and be comfortable, not die. Typically, these things are crafted with very fine gemstones and can last for several days at a time. Unfortunately, since this was somewhat of a, well, as Mitch describes it, a, a bit of a hurried job. Uh, they were crafted with amethyst, which is only going to allow you 30 minutes of time on the plane of fire. But he assures you that you won't need any more than that. Uh, he goes on to explain that there will be several things to watch out for, including fire giants, uh, which are three times the size of a man, and fire worms that can jump, oh, I don't know, he says, up to maybe 20 feet out of the pools of magma. He tells you that what he needs you to do, what Chad needs you to do, is to find a nest of fire elemental eggs. 
The fire giants raise them like livestock and will defend them. But they burn hotter than just about anything when they're in that state, and that's what Chad is going to need to forge his new phylactery. Uh, he's put together a special box for you guys that can actually hold these things. They're going to need four total, and there will be enough space for the four in the box. And uh, what I'm going to tell you guys mechanically that's going to happen here is that you're going to have a big box that you're going to have to carry with you throughout this uh, sequence. If two of you carry it and use your action, if, for example, you happen to be in combat, it can be carried 15 feet as an action in one turn by two people, or it can be carried five feet by one person, or really dragged, because it's a pretty big, heavy box, well insulated. So you'll need to get four of these darn things and then get them back. Question. Mm-hmm. Will our pouch of contain... <laughs> or, uh... Huh. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, uh. <laughs> Go on. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> What's it called? I, I, uh, it's not a bag of holding. The whole of... The uh, bags? Hold of uh, storage. Or uh, cloth of containment. I like that one better. Here we go. What else we got? Heidi hole. Heidi hole. <laughs> the Heidi hole. <laughs> magic-y Heidi hole. Mm-hmm. Can we use our magic-y Heidi hole in the plane that we're going to be in? Um, you ask Mitch about using your magical Heidi hole. Your, uh, I'm sorry, what did you call it? Pouch of containment? Mm-hmm. Um, which is fucking priceless. Pouch of containment. That's the <laughs> off-brand version. <laughs> Real D&D people are just wanting to punch us. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, somebody just drove off the road in traffic right now because it <laughs> Your portable hole, to scratch that itch for anybody out there that's been itching for it, uh, would not be a good idea so Mitch says, in the plane of fire, because as soon as you took it out and it left the protection of your amulet of comfort's aura, it would turn into a cinder, like almost momentarily. So almost momentarily, that's not a way you would use those words. Very quickly. Is this something... Because we're walking, and we can bounce back ideas about what we're doing. Oh, yeah, you guys are just spitballing it up with Mitch here on the way. What if we kind of held on to it and did a word of recall kind of thing? I know I keep coming back to it just because it's my staple. I don't think word of recall works across planes. No, we are going to a different... Juicy. Yes, you are going to a different plane. Yeah. That was real juicy, man. Like, do you got to go check? Okay. I wonder if I could get, like, the strips we've got in the server room, like the moisture humidity detectors. Like, can you get one of those and get an alert that would send it to your phone or something? Oh, I did shit myself. <laughs> oh, my. I'll be back. Oh, my. <laughs> you can build this asshole monitor. You can build it into underwear. New Bluetooth underwear to detect if you shit yourself. Or you can put it in diapers. Ah, yeah, actually, that's got some practical application right there. Knowing that a grown man shit themselves is... Right. I'm just going to say not necessarily desirable. Like, is that really what you want to get as the spouse? Like, the message? So-and-so shit themselves again. God damn it. Or if you are uh, shit, like you want to shit yourself, and it, it lets you know that you actually did shit yourself. Congratulations. Like a confirmation t- notification. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like one of those fitness apps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shit yourself. Close your ring. <laughs> ring. Ring open. Alert. 
So, question for you, Dimmit. Dimmit. DM. I thought you called him a dimwit. That's what I thought too. I was like, bold fucking move. God of my universe. Uh, so the last statement of the whatever you call I was looking at it if you attempt to cast a spell in a manner in an area that isn't dedicated to your deity the spell has no effect what is isn't dedicated to your deity well so that's the part about setting the location like the actual recall point okay uh you can't set the recall point in a place that isn't dedicated to your deity you can cast the spell anywhere else so it's kind of like a uh, the spell has almost like a toggle to it like if you are away from where the point is set or if you've never cast it before you have the option of either placing the return point where you are or if you if you do have a return point set you can go back to that spot so if you cast it where you are right now mm-hmm. you would go back to redain the, vid- the village on the edge of periprio so uh, if you had cast not- it a few weeks ago you'd have gone back to kingsbury etc but you are not in a place where your deity is worshipped so you wouldn't be able to set the recall point gotcha so this does not say anything about plane well hot damn I guess you could use it in that uh, context then. So as we're walking, I would say maybe a word of recall once we have all the four uh, balls in our arena, as they say. As they say. As they say. As I've said many times. Um, any other thoughts? Could be uh, shot put this bad hot bowl. Shot put this thing like a fucking koala bear. <laughs> Did you just say shot put this bad hot bowl? That's awesome. I don't know what that that sounds like a good catchphrase. Oh, no. shot, shot put, put this bad hot bad. bowl. Not even the shot put part. Just this bad hot bowl. You guys want to get up out of this bad hot bowl? Anything else you guys want to ask Mietch while you're on your way? Is there any other uh, creatures we should be expecting of large varieties besides worms and uh, fire giants? Uh, he does tell you that the plane is rampant with fire elementals themselves. Though that was probably applied by the fact that their they're young are there. I'm going to say, by the way, for anybody out there that is going to like call me out on this, I don't actually know what fire elementals are born of. I just went with eggs because it's the fucking MacGuffin for this story, so... They're born from uh, lava larva. I did almost make them lava larva for the sake of the story and being able to say that a bunch of times, but I went with eggs instead because it just made more sense at the moment. Well, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Mitch leads you back through the estate district of the city to Chad's place or town hall or whatever it actually is. He brings you to the big main room that looked like a church area, and there you find several wizardly-looking folks waiting for you. Much of what was on the central stage area has been cleared away. You can see an archway has been built up of some inky black stone that's been polished to a glass-like surface. We just we just need to wait here for a few moments while they put the finishing touches on this, Mitch says, and indicates the front pew of the row to sit down, then takes a seat himself. I assume you all sit down with him. When the wizards begin chanting, the room seems to grow darker and smaller. The air thickens and power hums in the air. One of the dark-robed wizards stands in front of the archway as the others make elaborate hand gestures and utter words unfamiliar even to Melvin's ears. The wizard in front takes a bar of iron from one pocket, covered in runes with a deep groove running down its center. From the other pocket, they pull a well-worn piece of flint. 
They kneel before the obsidian archway and strike the two together to draw forth a spark. You can't tell if it's the room or the world or just your mind that bends, but when it feels straight again, you can see a rippling surface of purple filling the archway. Ah, uh, well, uh, that's, uh, that's our cue, gang. Uh, do, you, do you all have... Oh, let me, let me give you these, these amulets. You'll want to you'll put all these on here for each, each of you. And Mitch goes around and, like a fucking Olympic medal ceremony, uh, puts an amulet around each of your necks. And he says, uh, excellent, um, yeah, excellent. Um, so remember that you, uh, you, you only have 30 minutes in there, so, uh, so, so do hurry. And then he stands off to the side and bows and does the classic, I am a butler escorting you into a different room and indicates towards the portal. Well, okay, let's go. Let's go. Very good adventuring, Tam. Roll out. Do we do we have like a what's our what's our kind of cheer? What do we say? Do we have like a catchphrase? No. No. <laughs> ah, shit! Here we go again. Nope. No. That's the way the adventure, adventure goes. goes. <laughs> I feel like this room smells like farts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of this room that smells like farts. Uh. I I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where this will land, but we're going to be like somewhere between probably 90 and 95 episodes in out of the maybe 100 or 110 there'll be. We're a little late on the catchphrase train. <laughs> Better late than never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's always true. Melvin, put someone's body out of their asshole. And then... Yeah. yeah. All right. First thing that comes to your mind, Roscoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. That's our. That's our. Uh... <laughs> you guys all just like slump shouldered, like yeah, yeah. And go towards the hall. Yeah. Fuck. You just hodor your way into this adventure. Hodor. Hodor. No. I'm pretty pumped now. All right. I'm glad that that catchphrase got y'all rolling. Yeah. Let's go. So you walk through this portal, and the world kind of goes wavy for a moment. As your vision clears, a wave of heat washes over you. Even with the amulets around your neck, the heat is beyond oppressive. As far as your eyes can see in the wavering air, everything is red or yellow or dark. The smell of smoke and sulfur block out anything else that might be there. Great pools and rivers of magma flow all around you, and between them are dead slabs and islands and small plains of bitter volcanic rock. You look around for any hint of a direction to go, since they didn't really give you anything to go on. And after a few minutes of scanning the desolate horizon, you do see a glimmer of hope. A rise in the rock ahead of you, and on it what appears to be towering shapes, which you could guess are fire giants since they're moving around. What are they doing? Are they, like, working out or something? Yeah, they're just up there, like, fucking squats and presses. (laughs) Okay. Getting swole. Getting Getting swole. Swole, bro? Oh, damn. It's impossible to tell the distance in this environment, (laughs) but it looks close enough for you to get there and back in the 30 minutes you have. It's taken you time to find this destination, however, and the denizens of this fire plane have taken notice of you, the intruders. Everything around you burns, and everything burning requires fuel, and you look like you might make some nice fuel. So what we're going to do is we're just going to get right into it and have you roll for initiative. Oh, snap. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you just, Jeremiah was a bullfrog in it over there? No, uh, Wave of Mutilation. Also a good song. 
do let us do this here turn tracker thing i still i still gotta go back to it man the fucking turn tracker is the best part of roll 20. they did such a good job so let's clear all that out and then let's zoom out and then zoom out a little more so i can do so before this all just goes in i'm just gonna kind of yell to melvin man i hope you have that uh bottle of squirting with you because I'm not sure what this is going to turn out to be like. Yeah, I was just thinking that. But I don't know anything about fire giants. Me either. Or elemental, I suppose. Roscoe, tell me about your initiative. I rolled a 20 plus 5 for my initiative for a 25. Excellent. Kolvik. Feel the same way. I got a, a lowly 10. Melvin. 17. And on the fiery plains of burning sulfur in front of you, you see Alyssa, who got a 18. Bert, who got a 7. Claire, who got a 17. And Devin, who got a 17. Do, do, do. And then I'm going to roll for one more thing that's going to also happen and those random things are going to happen on fours uh do 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 is our battlefield a zoomed in logo a quake logo it really looks like it doesn't it alright folks uh so all of those things that we're rolling for initiative which was Alyssa, Bert, Claire and Devin are fire elementals that you can see across this desolate hellscape in front of you and they are the ones that have taken notice of you and are going to start moving towards you. However, Roscoe, you are the first to act. Oh, and I'm sorry, I should have also clarified that little black box with the green outline around you, mm-hmm. or around it, rather. That is the box that you will need to carry the, uh, the eggs back in. And your destination is north on this map from you, ahead. So, Roscoe, what would you like to do in this hot, hot combat situation? So, I just want to clarify something for myself. With that word of recall, like I was stating before, does that work for anything I'm carrying at the time, like holding? How does that work? Because this looks like a larger box than I was expecting. It looks like a two-person holding kind of job. And so oh, it's a two-person job. It's a two-person it's job. It's a big exactly. job. It's a big job. So, I can't just... Uh, <laughs> I can recall people, but can I recall objects as well? Let's take a look while Roscoe considers his turn at Word of Recall. Well, it opens with, in Word of Recall, you and up to five willing creatures within five feet of you instantly teleport to a previously designated sanctuary. You and the creatures that teleport with you appear in the nearest unoccupied space to the spot you designated when you prepared your sanctuary. If you cast the spell without first preparing a sanctuary, the spell has no effect. So, obviously, all of your equipment and other things come with you, but this is, like, a person-sized thing. Yeah, and I have no clue at this point how big the eggs are. Well, the box is the more important part, because the eggs will be in the box. And the box itself is, like, say, the same...
episode 91, A Lich's Secrets, was released on June 30th, 2019. This journey can only get more exciting when we return next week with more... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team!